Hey guys, welcome back to the Golf Podcast. In a few minutes, we're going to cut over to our interview. Actually, Mike had a chance to catch up with the players champ, Cameron Smith. So cool. So cool to get to talk to him. I mean, mm -hmm. he's, such a, he's such a great dude, such a humble guy. I mean, it's incredible for him to be so humble. I mean, he just walked away winning more in one event than Lee Trevino won his entire career. That's wild. And I will tell you guys, when we get to it, the backstory of the craziness of the day on getting the phone call and how it all came together. So yeah. That is one exciting call oh. when you say, hey, guys, I, I got you some time with, with Cameron Smith. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, yeah, yeah, let's go. Here we are. So we're excited to get to that. We'll get to that in a few minutes. But first, one thing. I want to talk about thing that's kind of uh, hot on everyone's minds right now with the masters only two weeks away we've got two big names that just keep surfacing one is tiger woods mm -hmm. because we have not yet seen a commitment and it, it makes us wonder are we going to see tiger at the masters this year but two the question mark has just last night been removed around phil mickelson and unfortunately it's that he will not be at the masters this year would you believe this mike it's the first time that we're seeing a Masters without Phil since 1991. Incredible. Incredible. I was shocked by it. I really thought this was going to be the spotlight for him to step back into. It kind of makes me think, is this it? Is he going to just fold up the tents for the year? It really does make me wonder. And I, and I wonder what you guys think too. So make sure you drop them in the comments and let us know your thoughts on Phil being absent and sitting this one out. We have not, as of recording this video, we have not heard a lot from directly from Phil or, or Phil's camp as far as reasoning. Uh, I think it just falls back on what he had said uh, not too long ago that he was just kind of going to be taking a little bit of a hiatus after everything that went down. But I, I mentioned this on a you know episode or two ago. I said I think the best time for him to return would have been the Masters because um, he's not going to be subject to any heckling from the fans. Mm -hmm. You know the usually the masters they they wouldn't allow that type of of stuff so it, it can be kind of a lower pressure event but i think pressure wise i think the longer that phil is out the more pressure it's going to be on his return oh no doubt i think it's just going to create more pressure and, I, and i'm sure he wants to get back but it's just it's probably a conversation in his camp of when the right time should be it's it's almost like we talked about Justin Thomas not re-signing an apparel deal for a year after his incident. Yeah. It's like you take a step away, recoup, maybe in 23 we come back and we let some things go by. Look, I, I said know. this before. I'm all for taking a step away. I'm all for, of course, doing what would be considered like a, a real apology because some people did debate it and I'm, yep. and I'm not going to say they're wrong that that phil's apology was not so much an apology as much as it was a little bit of a a defense and explanation i don't know everyone has their own take on that we're, we're just kind of how you read what he wrote but um I, my thinking is you know sure he's taking a little bit of time out of the spotlight but the, i think the longer he's out of the spotlight the more it puts that pressure on when he does eventually come back it becomes a bigger and bigger event you know, we talk about talk about these news cycles are not very long. It's like let it blow over for a few weeks right. and then just as quickly as you can kind of try to get back to normal. But who knows what's going on behind the scenes because there was a lot of players who were upset with him. He might not want it might not even be the fans. He might be uh, not wanting to face his peers right now. Mm -hmm. Maybe embarrassed by the way he he approached the whole thing. But then we had even Greg Norman though recently saying that, you know, he was he didn't particularly care for the way that Phil approached it, but he said Phil is still welcome to join on that. That I think they're just hurting LIV. for people at this point. Yeah, I think so. 
I which, what's your thoughts tough. on this with the Saudi league now? Now that we've got the announcement, we've heard about the events. Mm-hmm. But what one announcement that we didn't get that we were promised was at they said around the time of the players they were going to announce the the players who had committed. Yeah, we still haven't gotten that. We haven't gotten that, and I think it's because a lot of they had a lot a lot of last minute dropouts. I think I when they so. saw the heat that came down on Phil, I think a lot of people who were thinking about joining all left. I think so. And I, I think we're going to see a lot more Corn Ferry names lean that way. You know, Corn Ferry Tour is a place where a lot of guys try to make it and some don't, unfortunately, and they struggle with money on these mini tours. And it might be a nice carrot that's dangling in front of them. We might see some Corn Ferry guys. Not sure if that's really the firepower Norman wants. Yeah, I'm sure he had a long list and everyone, a lot of people did bail, but I still think it's don't rule out phil going there don't rule it out i wouldn't rule it out either but i i think i'm trying to think now what would be the main draws for us as as fans to watch what would be the draw to bring us in it would be first of all i know that the 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 players the players who's playing and then the shock value of the money i think those are the two things that they were relying on for for us to tune in let's back up a sec you say the players what if they were guys that we really didn't know but it was just a cool new uh, feature format team play lots of money at stake well that's i mean the rumblings that i've been seeing just from reading the comments on a lot of this stuff on social media is that it seems like there's less and less interest mm-hmm. and i think if these things end up being what would be kind of like what we're used to seeing on the pga tour when you have those alternate schedule you know events right right where they come right up against the pga tour event of the week you know, you makes you wonder what's the coverage going to be? Mm-hmm. What what broadcast is it going to be on? I feel like if there was no other PGA Tour event on a given week, then people would watch this more. But I'm thinking if I'm myself and I, it's a Sunday, right? And I'm I'm watching golf. I'm going to watch the names I know. But you're not watching it until the afternoon, right? I don't think it's even on TV. We get a lot saying, of Asian and European tour events and LPGA in the morning. Yeah, but aren't a lot televised. of these events going to be in the States, they say. They will, but maybe that's where they dominate. Maybe they, they tee off early and they start coverage at 7. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I just don't think – yeah, I don't think that there's any real good success to be had if you go right up against the PGA Tour. I think a smart play, and I think we've talked about this before, would be an earlier week event. Monday night, whatever it may be. Monday night would be cool. Monday through Wednesday, like fill our week with golf. But what I'm saying is if if it comes down to Sunday, if there's a PGA Tour event on where I know most of the names that I come to watch Mm -hmm. are going to be playing, that's what I'm tuned to. I'm not going to change the channel. I'm not going to change the channel for a purse. Of course. Maybe for a format, as you said. If it's an interesting team play format I want to see. Because it's different. Sure. That's why we like the Ryder Cup, right? But you're right. I think if they try to touch a Sunday or a weekend, they're going to get blown out by football, by PGA Tour golf. Right. I think that it needs to be a weekday thing. I just I haven't Tuesday heard it Thursday. Where, where it's even going to be broadcast because you think about the yeah, PGA Tour is going to get Golf Channel. It's going to start on Golf Channel. That's going to move over to whatever NBC or whatever. Maybe a streaming service. Uh, yeah, we'll have to see. But let us know what you guys think. I mean, if if these two came head to head, if you had an an LIV, you know, the, the as we're calling it informally, the Saudi tour event, mm-hmm. at the same time being broadcast somewhere. Uh, let's assume you could watch either one. They're both broadcast on, on some sort of, you know, channel that you could view. If it's there or the PGA Tour, which one are you watching? And is there something that would create you to, to watch one or the other? Is there something that would push you one way or the other? Yeah. Because I think what they were originally were banking on were the names. And that's why they threw the biggest money at the biggest names. Yep. They wanted, they, they know that the, 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 the remote kind of follows Bryson around, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Bryson was playing, people would tune in and probably watch it. But without names like Bryson, I just don't know. 
Yeah. You're right. I think Even they're going to need Phil. big names. I mean, Phil, yeah, sure. Especially right now, because everyone wants to see his next move after the big of course. hang up. But but when Phil goes and plays like a Champions Tour, I don't think the Champions Tour um, just skyrockets enough to, to compete directly with the PGA Tour broadcast. Right. Right. And time will tell, man. Uh, I don't know. One. I, I think I think they might be in trouble. They might be hurting for big names. Though. One thing that I will say, we'll leave it here because we're going to circle back to this yep. in a little while. Okay. Maybe... They have an unreleased wild card, and I'm thinking Anthony Kim. Could be. And that's going to be a name that everyone's going to be waiting to see. Right. And we'll tell you why in a second. There it is. Yeah. What if he shows up? Like, what if this happens? And we'll tell you about his incredible insurance policy. We're going to talk about that. that. But I I think if nothing else, that would be something that would make me tune in. I'd want to see where this guy is at. Yeah, after 10 But I don't know if it's going to hold my attention week in and week out. But it's only eight events, so we'll see. It might bring people on for just these eight events. Right. But again, we'll come back to that. And I didn't want to skip over this when we were talking Masters, by the way. I heard a rumor that Tiger might be at the Champions Center and potentially the Par 3 tournament. I don't know if that's in his cards to play the Par 3. I don't think he's ever really done that, or it's been a while. But we'll see. I could see something like that, though. If he's not in form right now to be able to to walk and do the full... It'll be electric, full, that Par 3 tournament. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I could see him doing something like that. But I saw also recent news. They had some leaks uh, that come out from um, some people close to Tiger saying he really setting his sights on the 2023 Masters and, and that he's oh, going to yeah. dominate, according to them. It'd be uh, great if he just spent a year in Augusta, lived there, just played it. Just got really. He doesn't need to. He knows the course like better than anyone else. But but look at Tiger. I mean, all of us chomp at the bit to see him again. There's Tiger playing the long game. He's like the long game. Imagine that he's not even worried about this year. He's like, I'm winning next year. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's wild. I love it. Well, guys, don't forget. In two weeks, the Masters. We're gonna have a fun episode. We're gonna break out the green jackets. Maybe some pimento cheese sandwiches. We're gonna play a trivia game. I think. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be it. fun. It's gonna be Masters themed. So if you haven't subscribed to the show, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure you do it. You ready to talk Valspar? I am, but let me say this first. Yeah. We, the the podcast, it's been so much fun with the new format that we've done, and we've seen such tremendous uh, mm-hmm. growth, and we appreciate every one of you who've helped us to grow this show. And one thing, we we just a small ask, wherever you do watch or listen to the podcast, if you could provide some feedback, you know, if it's on YouTube, smash that like button. If it's on Spotify, you know, leave us a review, something like that, that just helps us to continue to grow the show because that's the reason we get to do things exciting, like having Cam Smith on the show. Yeah, and and right. we want to be able to really grow this and, and, and get more exciting guests and stuff on the show. And you guys are, are such big players in helping us do that. So one, I just want to say we appreciate it. And two is just ask that small favor that if if you get any value out of the show if you enjoy the show help us grow it share it with your friends leave a, leave a a review smash that thumbs up we appreciate it thank you can't echo that anymore but yeah let's talk valspar here Mike. by the way how about watching a pga tour event just weeks after playing it it's one of the coolest things ever talk about gaining perspective yes. i mean as I've said here on the podcast so many times it's one thing that we get to do as golfers that i feel like no other sport does is that you do have the opportunity, although it's sometimes it's a difficult opportunity to make it happen, but sometimes it's an opportunity to play the same courses that, that where the pros play. It's not like I said before, it's not like we can walk into the Yankee stadium, take some cuts at yeah, home plate. Right, right. But the perspective, I mean, we played the par five, 607 yard uphill par five mm-hmm. uh, at Innisbrook at Copperhead. We played it just to get perspective. And it was, it was a tremendously difficult hole. Oh, yeah. And now yeah. to watch these guys getting on that green in two, I just literally, my brain was doing level, like this, man. like, you know, like the spinning numbers, like calculation, right. like how? 
How? Yeah. How? Oh, exactly. It seems impossible. It does. And, 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 you know, I mean, for us just to go push ourselves back to see what it was like. I mean, we, we, I'm glad we cleared the water. You guys will see it in an upcoming video, of course. But we cleared the water and then you weren't even safe there. You had to go like 300 yards up a hill yeah. where you can't be left at all because you'll be blocked out. And then these guys are making it look so easy and getting on the green. Speaking it was of making it look easy, Sam Burns plays that place like it's a video game. He does. He just knows it. Loves the Valspar. Eats the Valspar. I mean, there's, there's we talk like a horse for the course, but hey, mm. just to, to repeat is incredible. It's so difficult to do on the PGA Tour, but... I mean, the way he plays that, I would watch pay-per-view just to watch Sam Burns play play Innisbrook every week. Exactly. Just He should just play that every week, charge yeah. us a small fee, like $7.95 a month. That's I'll it. just watch just him play watch that. Because it's incredible what he does there. It is. It reminds me of Tiger at Bay Hill, Tiger at Bridgestone. And I'm trying to think, past, like defending champs who repeat, it's very rare on the PGA Tour. So I looked. Victor Hovland did it at Mayakoba recently, 20 and 21. But it didn't happen again since JT in Malaysia, 2015 and 2016. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. Tiger won the Farmers get this 05, 06, 07, 08. That was, all, that was, was like, Tiger don't Prime, get yeah. in his way yeah. at Torrey Pines. And then I was like, you know, how about Augusta? Because, you know, it's we are masters, you know, getting close. In fact, there was three people who defended, obviously, Tiger. This could have been in our trivia. Yeah, it might be. We're not creating the game, so it might show up. So learn, take yeah. notes. Tiger 0102, Faldo 8990, and Jack did it 6566. Incredible. That's incredible. I mean, I'm sure there was other people who've defended at, at, at US Opens, but the venue changes, so it wasn't really appropriate for this. But for a straight venue guy, Sam Burns, they, their team just must salivate coming into Innisbrook. Not like we got this. The confidence yeah. level. And, you know? and one thing that we. Going forward. I try to let some of the thought process of the best golfers sink in a little bit and like learn a little bit for me, like to try to, to play a little bit better myself. And one thing that I've heard now, multiple people say on this show is that certain golf courses just suit their eye. Mm -hmm. Right. So you, you think like um, when we had Bubba on the show and he was talking about with Kapalua, very comfortable there. But then I think it was the waste management. I think it was, he said there's certain lines that he needs to see the golf course. It Correct. doesn't suit his eye. Yep. And when we jumped to Sawgrass, our, he didn't like. Sawgrass, yep. okay. And then when we jumped to our interview with, uh, with, with, um, uh, what's his name? With, um, um, my, my mom. We got a blank here, guys. Sudden, We've I'm got a blanking. huge blank. Cam, Cam Smith. Cam Smith. Uh, Cam Smith for sure. But I'm trying to think that we had another. We had another interview where a guy said the same thing. I'll, it'll come back to me. But now Cam I'm curious, Smith but go ahead. Said it. <laughs> yeah. He said the same thing. He said about 18, 18 yeah. doesn't suit his eye. And then you think about how well these guys, sure, they can shape the shot however mm. they want, mm. but how they have a favorite because there's the, each one of them has a natural shot shape. Yes. And they say that course, the way that that layout is, it, it doesn't work to my natural shot shape, mm -hmm. right? So then these guys, they end up having to work against it. So I think what happens is sometimes you get a guy like Sam Burns that we like, maybe it just so happens that a lot of the layouts of those particular holes that Larry Packer designed yeah. suits his shot shape, his style of play, that it's just like a match made in heaven and they just play well. Yeah, maybe that's it. And, and he's trying to go, was it Austin? Was it Russell Cook? Henley? Maybe no? it was Russell Henley. Somebody else on the pod, Austin it'll come Cook? back to me. Wow, you went Austin Cook. You went way back. Way back. I'm, I'm playing, as we're talking, I'm playing over all the interviews in my head because I just I remember a lot of players have said that, like, if a certain course just suits them or not, it's not like these guys just have that game that they, they feel like they can equally play every course. Right. That's why you see these kind of standouts where, where one guy wins a lot often 
is they just find something that just it clicks with them. Yeah. And so it's just something for us to take away and just be like, yeah, maybe there are certain courses that we can play well and certain courses we don't play well. I feel that in, in real life. And it's there not just some... a superstition. It's right. like an actual, you know. Could that have been Rob LeBritz? I feel like he might have said something like maybe that. Maybe about TPC Tampa Bay. Could've it might have been, been LeBritz talking about Tampa Bay. That guy, yeah, speaking of horse for the course. Also, um, how many free. tomahawks do you think Sam Burns bought at Packard's after he won? Yeah, right. He just went straight out. in. Yeah, definitely said, right I want place five out. of those tomahawks. They need to literally, and we got to get Bobby Barnes on the line here down at Innisbrook. And so you got to create a stake named the Sam Burns. My, my family, by the way, hates me because the new John Rahm in the house is Sam Burns. Like uh, all weekend, okay. I'm yeah. screaming, Sam Burns, you know? You know, he's got those one-syllable names that I just drive me insane. Speaking of family, by the way, none of my kids or anyone cared less of my storytelling during the event. Oh, daddy put it in the bunker here. No one cared. I was like, see this? I went right over this. I almost made a... No one. Nobody. It was just me. I was alone. (laughs) You know the feeling. Well, look, I'll tell you what. It goes back to saying it is true. It is exciting when you get to watch an event. It's great. Where you got to play. Um, it is great for sure um but were you, were you which, guys just on the phone with each other like oh my god can you believe that he just no but you know what i did do and i want to talk about this i did message frank and i said how about this playoff starting him on yeah. 18 then going 16 17 snake pit i don't agree with it i get it the majority of the fans are on 18 right now because the tournament just wrapped so let's just start it here that's probably the reason but i don't know bobby come on you got to do snake pit 16 star. I don't think I don't think Bobby has any say over. No, that. I don't think so either. But no, I see what you're saying. Like and we were talking about it. We were chatting about this on text of saying that it would be cool to see the playoffs start back at the snake pit again. But I think it's it literally is just it's a just logistical thing. I think it's just that you don't want everyone is now left there and they've all it's the final group. They've all moved to 18 to watch the final. To move everyone back to 16, I don't think it happens. I think. Right. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people did shift over there after the first playoff hole. I get that. And for those who did, they got to see the win. And how about this snake pit fun fact, ladies and gentlemen? Sam Burns played the snake pit at plus one on Sunday, just like you, my friend. <laughs> He bogeyed 17. You part it. You got to give Sam some tips on 17. I guess I have to. How about the Sam tips as we played it, what, yeah, 30 right. yards further up? Yeah. Not only, the, not only that, like we played, we did not play the pro tees for the snake. And the game. greens were down compared to this weekend, I'm and sure. And what was also down, which I can't imagine playing the snake pit in, was the wind the, that we the saw. The wind, yeah. The wind, and it was that, it, it's the wind that drives you crazy and drives the caddies crazy because it was alternating, gusting. I can't imagine that that was such a scary tee shot on 16. Yeah. I can't imagine yeah. playing that uh, in on those windy uh you know conditions that they were playing on the weekend. Forget it. Oh, I would have went plus 10 on the snake. Oh game. yeah. I mean it was good to see some guys struggle. DJ didn't play it so well. I think he shot plus 2 on Sunday and it was just it's cool. It's got to be cool for you and I'm I am giving a little bit away of our Copperhead video, but Frank did shoot plus 1 on those three holes. Mm-hmm. Did it real well. He bogeyed. What'd you bogey the first one? I bogeyed. I bogeyed sixteen. The one that Sam won on with his awesome putt from off the green. So the way that the, and and that was the other thing too is and you'll see how we we struggled when we, our video comes out in two weeks for where we played Copperhead, where we struggled on those greens. These guys. You know, there were certain spots I saw them struggling, and I'm like, I feel you, but they made it look easy. They did, and JT did minus three on the snake pit all week. He made that course look easy. Another guy who was making par fives and I thought, going I thought over the trees. JT had it. Yeah. I thought coming down the stretch, I thought he had it. He was, he's knocking on the door. 
He was he was in first too. He, he he moved his way up to first. But I still think that this ultimately lead, all roads lead to JT. I still think winning the Masters. I was I'm just gonna, gonna say doubling down on it. I'm gonna throw gasoline on your pick now. He is trending he hard, is trending up a leaderboard, and Augusta could be his spot. I think 100 percent could be his spot. But um, but either way, it was an exciting it was an exciting event. That snake pit, you know, it really does. It does come through. I'd love to see, you know, more and more events that have those stretches of, of, of golf that, you know, it, it just, it really is. It, and it, where the spot where it is, the last three holes. I love it. it. I love it. It's just that it, it just keeps you watching because, you know, anything it's on the can list. happen. Snake anything pit, can happen. bear trap, amen corner. It's up there. Now this week, we've got another big event. We've got a WGC event. We've got the match play. Uh, this is another smart marketing move as big far time. as I'm concerned. Putting it up, you know, a... a a bracketed thing during March Madness. Yeah, we're in the bracket feels time of year. It's great. And um, I remember this back in uh, Phoenix one year when it was snowing out. Like, it's a cool event. It's over five days. I love that course. That course is on my list, bucket list to want to play desperately is uh, is Austin. I just saw our buddy uh, Eric Anders Lang did a video there. He did. He did a break 90 video. I didn't get a chance to watch it. It just popped up on my feed, but... um, I want to get a chance to sit down and see that because it, it looks tough. It's a tough And if course. the wind is up there too, it could be a really tough course. And what do you think of the the format? You like this? I've said this before. I think it's a perfect format match for that golf. golf course because there's so much risk reward. I'm thinking about that par four that you, if you want, you can try to drive it. Yep. Rory, I think, did over all the yep. water because it's not stroke play and you're not worried about that like depending on where you are in the match these guys can adjust their strategies and play really aggressive yeah that's the cool part conservative Mm -hmm. that is cool and i love that it's a five-day event we get to see head-to-heads i i would love to see more match play to be honest with you on the schedule yeah i would too i think it's cool it's it reminds me of Ryder cup um billy ho i believe was the winner last year he loves this match play stuff yeah um, another guy to keep an eye out on is Hovland this this year this week, and again and I would JT. watch Kisner too. Kisner, Kisner sneaky. is another. He's a match play guy and he's in form. Yeah, he's been playing well. Uh, and then the big name that everyone's going to wait to see how he plays, especially leading up to the Masters coming up, is Bryson's yeah. going to be back first this day week. back, first tournament back. So yep. he's playing um, Ri- uh, Richard Bland from England. He's he he's off against in uh, Group Nine at 2.44 Eastern time on Wednesday. That's cool. So Wednesday through Sunday. So it's bonus golf for us fans. So as of when this podcast drops, we'll already be into the second day. We'll be in the second day. And uh, Bryson will be interesting to see. I'm curious. I'm going to make a prediction that if he's not feeling right and his game is completely out the window, you might see an early WD for that guy. Yeah. Well, you know, we already saw um, Cam Smith withdraw, which understandable after the whirlwind that he's had since winning the players. Mm-hmm. But um, I love this. I love the match play. Getting back to your question, because I like the even this the gamesmanship. You start to see guys giving each other putts and things yep. like that, mm-hmm. and the strategy behind it. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. that type of stuff always excites me. Um, I love to see honestly more of these these types of events on the schedule. It would it would. You know, even if it was like four or five of them throughout the season. Yeah, I think that would be cool. Um, you know, yeah. Zurich doesn't really do it for me. The two-man team. I know. Uh, some yeah, reason yeah. I don't ever really tune in much to the Zurich. It's just. Right. And I think there's also like a shootout in the fall with a team. Yeah. QBE, I think, yeah. right? So. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We want to get we want to get to our interview with uh, Cam Smith. Yes. So let's do a quick word from our sponsors and then we'll hop right into that. 
All right, guys, when it comes to premium performance golf balls, the Pro V1 and Pro V1X have proven to be the best choice for most players. And you probably already know that Titleist offers another alternative in that same premium performance category, the Titleist AVX. Well, now there's an all new AVX, which Mike has stacked up here for a reason. Here it comes. Because we're going to be giving away a year's supply. All six dozen new. right here. It's heavy. It is heavy. <laughs> Don't lose those all at once there, Mike. Right. Stay tuned on the main channel. We're going to have all the information on how you can enter that. But guys, if you're looking for longer distance, especially with your irons, great scoring control into this, to the greens and prefer a softer feel, the AVX is for you. We recently tested them. Terrific feel down there when we're in Florida. I prefer a softer golf ball, so I've really been loving what they've done with the AVX. It's designed with a new core formulation, a softer cast urethane elastomer cover system, and a new aerodynamic dimple design. All this technology adds up to longer distance, a low, more consistent flight, very low long game and iron spin, a softer feel, and even more greenside spin and control. Plus, it's available in white or that high optic yellow, which I like to mess a yeah. around with a little bit, especially in the fall and, and early season. And it's easier to see, but you can level up your game with the new Titleist AVX. Learn more at Titleist.com. Six dozen. That's going to be cool. Yeah, it it's is. Three hundred dollars worth of three hundred dollar value, right? That's there. so cool. Yep. And I want to bring back the Premier Series. I know we've been talking fuel from Footjoy. We've been talking about the Pro SL, but let's not forget about those gorgeous Premiers from Footjoy. It's actually the most common shoe on the PGA Tour by far. Guys like Cam Smith, who we're going to bring on the show shortly. Uh, JT, Homa, Horschel, Adam Scott, Webb, Palter. We we love the I shoe. Love They're so classy looking. The collection has so many of the design and material characteristics one would expect with a classically styled shoe from premium waterproof leather. I love that look with the natural leather welts and the great detail that goes into them. And it exudes that craftsmanship, uh, which makes it look like a really high quality shoe. I mean, it comes with amazing traction, great stability, lighter weight, modern twist to a classic silhouette is what makes the Premier Series collection so unique. Learn more about the Premier Series. Go check it out for yourself. You guys are going to love it. Go to footjoy.com. All right, so we're going to take you over to our interview uh, with, with Cam Smith. But Mike, first tell the backstory on this, because you guys will notice that I, I'm absent from it. This kind of happened uh, very last minute. Tell us about how it came together. So this was an interesting one. It was about 2 o'clock in the afternoon last uh, Wednesday, and we weren't in office that day. We were working remotely, um, you about 45 minutes away, and no way of you getting to HQ for yeah. this, just with your schedule going on. And I get the phone call from our buddy Justin over at Titleist. And Justin, we, we rarely talk on phone. It's emails. It's text. I get the phone call. I'm like, this is either something really great or it's something really bad. <laughs> so I'm hoping He's like, Mike, you lost more golf balls again. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I get, first thing he says to me, which was so great. He goes, Mike, I got something for you. It's good news. I was like, all right, what do we got? He goes, can you interview Cam Smith in three hours for 10 minutes? And I'm like, oh my God. So, and even more backstory, we've mm. been kind of delicately gently leaning on them a little bit more to get some of these guys yeah politely the show. We, we really we, we want the opportunity as anyone would to talk to these guys right on the show so we're like any chance so like when the opportunity comes as you say we got to seize the moment so go ahead That's yeah we got to see and you're absolutely there. right because who doesn't want the great you know get of a, of a high caliber guest on your podcast you yeah. know especially someone like cam who's fresh three well with the delay it would monday finish it was a two days off his victory so I remember talking to the team of Titleist and he said, hey, listen, guys, if you can't pull it off, he said, don't be upset. 
And I'm like, no, the problem is I want to do this. Yeah. So the problem is I'm trying to figure out how to make this happen. Sure enough, it wasn't terrible. Zach, our guy, was here in studio anyway working. I, I called him. I said, listen, I'm coming into the studio. Get ready. We're interviewing Ken Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Zach had after work plans like with his, his dad. He had something going on. He's like, no, I'm canceling it. Uh, I had to rearrange daycare pickup. So we, we shifted. I had to call you, interrupt your day for you to help me get some things together. So... The questions I put together, it all came with like literally, but to getting here and setting, making sure Skype worked was about an hour of prep time to put yeah. these together. Yeah. So we got it to work. The Worth funny every thing, bit of it. yeah, it was great. I mean, you, you'll hear on it that they Cam stuck to this 10 minutes. I, he was probably doing a lot of media. Well, that's what these guys are on. They're on these media worlds. Yeah, and so I get that. They get literal blocks. They say like, we can give you Cam for 15 minutes. We can right. give you Cam, whatever it is. And the funny thing is we had Cam for exactly 10 minutes and his agent was great on the beginning. He said, we got 10 minutes because we got to jump onto another commitment. I said, no problem. But it took about three to four minutes to get the audio working because it was it was, it was call in, yeah, dial in only. Yep, yep. And so we ended up only getting six or seven minutes to record because stuck to it and you'll see at the end of it where his agent comes in and cuts us right off and it was perfectly cool but uh but hey you got all your questions in including the one we all wanted to ask about about the hair so i want to ask about the I'll tell you what let's take you right over to the interview now and then uh we'll meet you back on the other side of the interview all right i am excited to have the 2022 players champion on the line cam smith cam welcome to the golf podcast can you hear me okay i can hear you okay you're breaking up a little bit all right I'm going to try my best here. Hopefully we get through this. Uh, well, first off, welcome to the show. Congratulations. I mean, the biggest win of your career. I mean, not only money-wise, the caliber of the event, the field, the conditions. I mean, I want to know right out of the gate, Cam, what has the last few days been like for you? Uh, it's, been, uh, it's been pretty long. It's been pretty hectic. Um, you know, given all the, the delays and, um, you know, just being in contention, uh, I'm pretty tired at the moment, but it feels good to come out on top. Uh, it feels feels good to hit, you know, good shots under pressure, and um, yeah, it's, I wouldn't change it. Yeah, I mean, we all saw how tough those conditions were, especially on Sunday. I mean, how were you able to stay dialed in? I mean, you shot a 71 that day, but then you go out, you fire 10 birdies in the final round in route to victory. I mean, how'd you find that groove? What was clicking? Um, you know, on on the range, I don't know what it was on the range. Um, I just felt really. I felt really good with my irons. I felt like I, I didn't miss a shot. And, you know, I knew it was going to be a very scorable afternoon. So I went out there with the mindset that I had to make birdies. And, you know, that's that's what I tried, I tried mean, to do. I, I stayed aggressive the whole day. And, um, yeah. I mean, aggressive is the word. I mean, the shot on 17 and the final round to four and a half feet. Uh, amazing stuff. I got to ask you, for a guy like me, I never played TPC Sawgrass. What's a scarier tee shot, 17 or 18? For me, it's 18. 18 doesn't really doesn't really suit my my eye at all i like to you know move my driver left to right um if i can and um having to start it out over the water there with a few shot lead um yeah didn't <laughs> didn't yeah. really uh didn't really make me happy so um yeah just 18 for me has always been the toughest you know shot on the on the whole course yeah, and of course, it's a course you know well, being right there in your hometown. Um, I heard you recently, um, you mentioned this uh, in an episode you did on a YouTube video about, you did a house tour. You talked about the ultimate goal is usually to get to the tour championship, getting to East Lake, winning the FedEx Cup. Is that still the main focus for you? Or with a big win like this, do you shift things and now you're thinking straight about Augusta? Uh, do you change goals after a big win like this? 
No, I think I think East Lake is still a, a you know a really long way away. Um, we're probably only halfway through the season now, so there's you know, still plenty of events left. Um, I've still got plenty of work to do to get there. So um, you know, I think I think really that's on everyone's list um, to be there and you know to be in contention. I think for the FedEx Cup is everyone's ultimate goal. Yeah. You know, and I want to talk about equipment because, you know, it's a big show of trust how quickly you throw new equipment in the bag when it releases. I mean, this year specifically, those Vokey SM9s and even the ball. I know you play the 21 Pro V1X. I mean, how how much does your ability to rely on that equipment come into play when you're faced with conditions like you did on Saturday with wind and, and cold weather? Yeah, I've never been one to really shy away from um, new equipment. Uh, I trust the guys at Titleist are doing their job and I trust that they're trying to bring out better equipment for us. So, um, you know, I've always been one to put it straight in and um, if there is something that needs to be tweaked or something that needs to be changed, um, you know, change it while you're, while you're there and while you're hot on, on the golf course. Yeah, I mean, I mean, recently on the, we had Aaron Dill on the show, and and we've seen him stamp things for a lot of guys, including yourself. Things like man, the myth, the mullet. I mean, any any new stampings or things we don't know about? Anything coming your way? Maybe a players' championship uh, theme set? I I haven't thought of any yet, but um, <laughs> yeah, Aaron gets pretty creative. I'm sure we'll come up with one um, on the on the new set coming up. Yeah, that's that's great. And, and I'm just staying on the fun side of things. I mean, the players, I mean, we all know it was a record-setting purse this year, $3.6 million. I noticed on that same YouTube video, you like your toys, you like your race cars, you like the F1 simulator, you're having super cool stuff. With a win of this caliber, caliber is there something on your mind that you're thinking about splurging on? Are you going to Are you gonna get that Porsche GT3? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I might, I might get that one. There you um, go. That, that might be it. You know, I'm I'm really uh, really content with with where everything's at at the moment. Sure. Um, uh, my mum's birthday's coming up, so I might surprise her with a new car. Or there something. you go. That's more um, important. Back in Australia, so that that'll be my present to for myself for her. That would be great. And yeah, I mean, totally cool. The things you have, even that Audi is pretty sweet. I'm a big car guy, so I always love checking out that video. <laughs> but uh, Cam, we know you're you're limited on time today, so you know before we let you get going. Uh, I put a question out to our audience and I asked, you know, we got, you know, Cam coming on the show and the question from the fans, are you going to keep that fan favorite hair and stash? I got to assume it's staying for the season. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think it's, um, I think it's got to stay. Um, you know, I get so many reactions, I think out, out in the golf course, um, so many fans from it and, you know, I'm playing really good golf as well. So it, it'd be, um, I think I think a lot of people would be de- devastated, um, including myself, if I got rid of it. Yeah, we would all be devastated. I mean, it's one of our favorite looks out there. So definitely keep it. Definitely. Okay, st- Mike. Yep, stay I hot. Sure I thing. Know. Thanks, Cam. Appreciate, appreciate the time. All righty. Thank good you. Lu- good luck the rest of the season. Thanks, Take care. Bye bye. So I mean, there you go. Bud cut me off for a good reason, right? Ten minutes. But how cool was that to chat with him? So cool. And 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 something that I've seen so many people say in the comments and everything about how, as I said earlier, how humble and, and just chill of a guy he is. Um, and it just really comes through there. You know, you can just, and you just, if you're not rooting for this guy in some capacity, yeah, you're missing something. Yeah, you I are. I think he's a good dude. He's he's got an incredible game, an incredible golf game that to to watch, entertaining golf game to watch. He showed us that at the players, and I think we're gonna see some fireworks at Augusta in two weeks from him. 
I think you so. Know, where we've seen him finish these last couple times, knocking on the door, it shows me Augustus is another place that he can play well. He's in form. If anybody's going to give my pick JT a run, I think it's going to be Yeah, I him. think so. It was cool. And I love the fact that he's going to get his mom the car. I mean, I love to hear that. Yeah. That's great. And that's cool. And I had seen he it was true. Like he hadn't seen his mother in like two years, right? Yeah. With you lockdowns know, and stuff like that. Lockdowns and things like Australia. that. And that's why he ended up, as we said, pulling out of this week's event um, just you know, after a whirlwind like that. Not only you you win something, but you see something like this, like the media tour, the media blitz you go on and finally getting to see his family and stuff like that. And it's just... Uh, I, th- I can't blame him for wanting to sit one out in between this this crazy super schedule that we've got going on. I don't on. blame him either. And I, did, I didn't get a chance to ask him about that uh, caddy party, but I didn't have all my facts in time. Yeah. Again, it was a short prep. We, we, had, we, had, we weren't able to verify, but we had heard that he had thrown a, a big, I guess it was like a pizza party for, yeah. for all the caddies. He's just a cool guy. Yeah. So You can tell that that's the vibe around the tour. Is that, you know, he's, he's just a good guy to be around. Definitely. So big thanks to our, our friends at Titleist for setting that up and for Cam and his team for giving us the time. It was great. We appreciate it. Yeah, 100%. Yep. All right. So we've got another fun hypothetical. Oh, I'm loving these. We'd love to ask you guys these things. And it's just something that just gets the, the golf mind kind of turning. All right, what do we got this so week? The, the question we had, and I was just kind of thinking of this when I was driving the other day, and I was thinking... Kind of like walking that line between, you know, what really is the most important thing when you're out there on the golf course? And I'm saying for us, not the guys who it's their career. Mm-hmm. Not worried about Cam Smith out there winning $3 million. Talk about for us. And I'm wondering, would you rather shoot your own personal best score playing alone or shoot just your average score, but be out there having a great time with your crew? Like the other thing is we don't get a lot of opportunities to play with all of our friends, everybody at this, you know, stage of the game, we all have careers and everyone's busy. Mm-hmm. That's why it always stands out. Those couple of rounds we get to play, get out there with our friends, like the round we play with, with annually with Pete, yeah. Manhattan Woods, stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. So the question is, which one, if you can only pick one, which one is it? Personal best playing alone or just a, a fun not not nothing to write home about score wise, but just a fun round with the boys. I think I go with the latter. I want to have fun with the boys and shoot my eighty five rather than shoot a seventy eight and have no one to share it with. Other than reassuring myself that my golf game is in check right now. Right, that's probably the best thing I'd get out of it. But again, this game is really to me about the experience of being with people out on the course, filming and traveling with you guys and and taking all that in. I feel like doing it alone, any of this game alone, although it gives you a little bit of that self-satisfaction and reassurance maybe for your golf game, I don't think it's as enjoyable. Yeah, no, I agree. The personal best, is it definitely would be a huge confidence builder. Mm -hmm. Um, But on the same token, like, hey, you really think about like the experience with your buddies, like you shoot your personal best by yourself and none of them are going to believe you anyway. Exactly. No yeah. one's going to believe you. No one's going to believe you. You know, yeah, that's why we got the shot scope watch, though. I can at least show you the stats. It really happened. Show it. Right. It really happened. I did. Yup. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I don't know. I'd love to see what you guys think. You know, drop them in the comments. Let us know. Would you rather shoot your personal best playing alone or just your average score, but having a really fun round, you know, with your friends? What, you know? what about a hole in one by yourself? That's got to be rough. I know. Everyone says that's the golfer's biggest nightmare. I've done it in disc golf. I've had an ace. It's right. You had an ace in disc golf. All alone, and nobody believes me. Yeah. I don't know. No one ends up believing Nobody believes me. I don't believe you. And I was so sad. (laughs) I was so sad because it was like the one thing that I've been looking to do for my entire career playing. This guy, he's just trying to get his disc disc golf logs and everything off the ground. Doesn't turn a camera on. Come on. Yeah. First hole, right? 
Yeah, it was the first <laughs> just You just go home it. after that. The rest yeah. of the season is all downhill. And all it, right. it was at Camp Goss, so there was a bunch of like people tubing next to. So did no anyone witness this? Yeah, yeah, like a bunch of a bunch of like like four and five year olds <laughs> tubing, and I was like screaming. I'm like, did anybody see this? Did Mom, anybody? And these kids are there. looking at me like my parents told me not to talk to strangers. Right. Yes. Meanwhile, like yeah, the kids are like, the cops the are like, we're getting screaming. a lot of calls about this guy <laughs> down screaming by. in the woods, <laughs> screaming in the woods about some disc. Hasn't cut his hair in about ten months. <laughs> but I yeah, no, it. I don't know. It's a tough one. I mean, as far as that personal best round, but it, for me, like a, a good fun. I, I have more memories. I, I tend to remember score so much less than i remember some of the fun things that were said and done out there when you're out of the, the one-liners yeah. yeah it's just it's just that's my own person one of my thing. funniest stories from us quitting with uh playing with pete was when our caddy quit on the 13th yes, for a dentist appointment that was great i mean when does that happen what do you give him, half a tip like i don't remember what we did <laughs> honestly bless this guy uh one of the nicest souls but Beautiful not soul. i don't think this guy was a cat <laughs> this guy there was nothing about this guy that was creepy. he shows up and he's smiling he's having a good, and, and you just like he brought like a lot of good energy to the group in that way uh-huh. but he's just like he told us he has trouble seeing, trouble seeing which is the part that he, you don't want to hear and and again like i'm not laughing at his misfortune I'm, I'm laughing at the fact that he could laugh at this he was like, I have trouble reading the greens. He goes, ever since like he was going through cancer chemo treatment. Right. And there was something that, that was kind of like messing with him. But he said, don't worry, guys. I have a level. He brought a level out there to help him read the he greens. He was totally cheating on our behalf. And, but I'm like, but like listen, if we're going to let anything slide, it's that. Yeah. Well, you know, you're, you're a cancer survivor. Right. You use whatever you whatever want. You I don't care do. if you need to bring a laser out here. <laughs> Good for you that you're still out here doing it's it. It's great. But he said, I'm having trouble seeing. I can't read the greens. I've got a level. And then at the 13th hole, he said he had to leave to go to a dentist appointment. It was one of our best caddy experiences ever. But we got some of the greatest laughs. And I'm not saying at him, with him. He right. guy was funny. He was funny. We were just having a good time out there. And, and that like, was more important than the score. That I mean, was it. So there and you we, go. And we still talk. I cannot remember what I shot that day, but I can still remember all that stuff we, we talked about. Exactly. We but anyway, um, speaking of which, I got a couple more things I wanted to mention here, and, and we want to get to that Anthony Kim thing. But kind of a post that resurfaced. Did you see this thing with with Dwayne Johnson, The Rock? Uh, he posted oh, his, this picture. His infamous. Yeah, look at that. So this is an old post. It's resurfaced again. Yeah. Look at those arms. Like that almost looks like the way I approach every drive, just gripping that club. And apparently, he's wait, put that it. back up. He he hit it five. He's saying he hit it 15. 490. My drive was measured at 490 by scientists holding the rulers. Uh, but I don't know. I'm trying to, everyone's the, calling BS on he it. He said the world record's 515. He, he, he said maybe I'll make that. Now, I think he was golfing in Hawaii, which interestingly enough, we have some stats here. Some of the longest drives have happened in Hawaii. With the century. A lot of four bills. Yep. Look at that. There you go. You know, of the win that's there. You look at this list. These are the longest drives on the PGA Tour. You see the century popping up. Quite a few times. So there's Kapalua at least five or six times. And then you had Scott Stallings with the waste management at 460. Maybe it is possible for a human. I, th- I did see Scott's comment of cart paths help. Path. So what you don't always see is the extra stuff that goes into it. Wind, uh, cart path. So I'm looking at this and I pull up this article um, uh, from the Golf News Net. And they talk about some of the longest, longest drives in the PGA Tour. And some of these are just insane numbers. So first of all, these are not the same numbers you would see on like the long drive competitions where they're using different equipment, much right. longer drivers. It's a flat. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? <clears throat> this could be, anything could happen. Cause it's the PGA tour and they're playing all different events. It could be downhill. 
It could be a strong car path. wind. It could be a strong wind. So I'm looking at this one. Um, an, it says another longest drive in PGA Tour history is credited to Mike Austin, 64 years old at the time, who hit a 515 <laughs> yard drive on September 25th, 1974, at the National Seniors Open Championship. This is the precursor to the U.S. Senior Open. So first of all, 1974. Think about even the equipment that they were using. Hickory. So Austin hit his drive on a 450-yard par four, which means he drove it, what is that? Uh, 65, 65 yards, yards over the green. Over the green. <laughs> Stop it. I can't. Okay, right. <laughs> Desert Rose Golf Club in Las Vegas. The club was at 2,000 feet above sea level. Okay. And the estimated wind on the hole that day was 35 miles an hour. All right, hour now we're talking. at his back. Now we're talking. So you're at 2,000 feet. You've got 35-mile-an-hour wind at your back. It's still a blast. It's still a blast. I mean, that's putting it into another. I think in though. those conditions, you and I struggle to get it past 415, 430. And let alone this guy's with hickory sticks back in the 70s, hitting it 515. And now these are pre shot link days, but then it's got some stats in here. And I don't know how updated this particular article is, but it says now you have the, the, the shot link days where now they're recorded by shot link. So they're actually measured by something. Mm. They're saying the, the longest drive in PG Tour history. 2002 Tiger Woods. This is at the plantation course at Kapalua, of course, right? Hawaii, 498 yard blast on the par 518th. Um, let's see, as it turns out, 11 longest drive in PGA Tour. As it turns out, the 11 longest, longest drives in PGA Tour history were hit on that hole, including 10 in 2022 edition of the then Mercedes championship. So it, it's the whole, obviously that hole is dramatically downhill, right? Right. And you get in Hawaii, you, especially Kapalua, you get these winds that can, if it's just, if it's just right, it's at your back, you know, I'm, I'm watching it now. I, it's just, it's tough. I don't know. That's incredible. So then you had, um, but I believe it with the wind, see, the longest uh, 489 yard drive on the third day of the match play at the 2018 WC Dell was Dustin Johnson. Um, but stats for match play event are unofficial <laughs> and don't count towards historical ra- rate uh, rankings. Interesting. Some of these are so wild. As I'm doing research, I got Carl Cooper hit at 787 yards. On the, <laughs> listen, listen. On the third hole, round two of the 1992 Texas Open at Oak Hills Country Club. It, yes, it almost went 800 yards. Firm whack with some tarmac-related fortune. Tarmac. Says. So really? he probably ran it on concrete for a while. It's it's kind of like us saying it's like us saying it. Mike's Mike's drive on the 18th hole at uh, the old course. Yeah, R- recorded at recorded at one mile. Are, yeah, right, one mile. Because right. he hit it into the street <laughs> in St Andrews, and it could still be rolling. It could be. Oh my god! But yeah, so you got some Incredible. crazy numbers here. Um, but yes, Scott. So Scott Stallings this year, four hundred. That was recorded yards. on tour. Pull that graphic back up for a second, there, Zach. Is that all this year? Yeah, this is the 2021-2022 season. Yeah. So you've got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six of the top. Looks like ten all happened at the Century when that wind was up. Uh, two of them were at the. Look at Stewie Sink with the four bills at the old age. Yeah, well, the young age, really. But yeah, I love, I love right Scott's thing. Uh, you know, his car yeah. path helps. Car paths help. Incredible. Incredible. Good stuff. All right. Let's talk really quick about Anthony Kim because the speculation, as we said at the top of the show, is about him possibly playing uh, if he showed up. And again, this is pure, pure speculation. But Mike, 
you were digging into this. Tell us a little bit of this backstory for anybody so I, who's not. I didn't even know the backstory. So I've seen you know a lot of guys making jokes about Anthony Kim returning to tour, and I was like, all right, let me dive in to see what happened. So apparently the story is he got injured. He he was he was really good uh, when he was twenty three. I think he won almost five million on tour that year. Three PGA Tour events. They were calling him like the next Tiger. Like he had a real big future ahead of him. Hurt his Achilles tendon and had some type of insurance policy in place that if he did not strike another golf ball for the next ten years on tour, at the end of it he will earn a ten million dollar payout at a minimum. Some are saying it's more. Okay, a little less than twenty. Now, obviously, so he's, you're thinking he's taking the guaranteed money, and he's almost. Um, I got to think he's almost done with the contract, right? I think he quit uh, in 2020, 2012, okay. so twenty thirteen. So he's at the end. So the speculation is, is he's almost done with his sentence, so to speak, and could join the Saudi tour for even more money. Cash and insurance do more. Can you imagine? I'm sure he's been playing golf. Like, what, you think he's a computer salesman now for 10 but years? But can he, he play do? golf? Or is it like, he would he void his policy if he got caught? So I've, it, I've heard some things that he, at a certain point when he stopped playing, he just, like when he stopped playing on tour, he just completely he stopped He hung it up playing. completely. He just hung it up. And then I guess he kind of got the bug again and started playing again. And recently, within the last couple of years, he's been in a couple of uh, like charity events. So that's probably but, the most he could do. Yeah, but nothing, no competition or anything. Nothing where he could win money, I guess. Yeah. But, but I guess he is playing, but I don't think he's at the level that he was. So we'll, we're going to see if he possible. makes a return. And he's going to see if he's kept his game sharp for a decade. At 33, 34 years old. Yeah. Which is an older age on tour, but... Does he even need to keep his game sharp? You know what I mean? A lot of like the Saudi stuff was like guaranteed payout. For the Saudis, I think he's going to be... He's He could be a big name for that tour because of his backstory. Right. It's just the, the pure curiosity of people exactly. wanting to see him play again. People will tune in. So if it's for a spectacle... Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. he, yeah, he, you've had his a couple of here and there like spottings, Anthony Kim. Yeah. You know, it, it's very like Axl Rose circa like nineteen ninety eight through two thousand, right. like four. Will he be back? When like no one knew where he was, and then he and made his spottings would make people crazy. You know right. what I mean? I feel like it was the same thing with with Anthony Kim. You get like a picture. Somebody would take a random picture of him with him at an L A restaurant. Yeah, and he'd be decked out with like the sunglasses right. and stuff. Right, so it just added to this. I legend. love the speculation. You know, the but speaking of speculation, back on 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 guns, do you have a, a money figure of what Axel made to come back? Oh, I don't know. It was it was I don't know the exact figure, but it was big money. Those guys to play again. Yeah, I'm sure because they sold they sold out everything. Yeah, of course. Like, yeah, yeah, so I mean, something enticed. There's a there was big money, yeah. and I think a little Which, bit of the the edges got a little rounded over the years of uh, a little bit less. Out. Yeah, a little bit less volatile as they were right. which you know i could do its own separate podcast on this i know you can. I, I think that that was part of the recipe of why that band was so incredible together was that they also were like butting heads and, yeah yeah interesting uh, i heard a story one time that that axel um jumped out of a moving car to avoid a conversation that he was having with slash <laughs> so if that tells you anything about it. where those boys were when they were younger yeah. i think uh, age has has made them a little yeah. bit more forgiving yeah. and able to work yeah. together i haven't jumped out of a moving car in a conversation with frank on the way to a golf course it's yet. been a while <laughs> <laughs> it's been a bit oh, falling man. out of a couple golf carts falling out of some golf carts golf, that's a totally different story yeah. yeah pioneer's number three was a whole different animal that's a whole different story right. anyway guys 
if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe because in two we're gonna be back. Of course, next week we're here every week. But every in week, two weeks we do have a big show planned for you. We're gonna do a masters edition. I can't wait for that. That's, That's gonna, gonna be, be a lot yeah. of fun. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be a lot of fun. But like I said earlier, if you're enjoying the show, uh, make sure you guys subscribe wherever you listen or watch the show, and and leave us a review. Leave us a thumbs up. Share it with your your buddies who you know or into golf as well. Let's grow this show together and it'll help us to bring even more of these names on there. And you know, as you saw this week with Mike's incredible hustle, Mike and Zach working together to get that done with last minute notice of, of Cam Smith. We're going to do everything we can because we really, we really we do it for you guys. It. Yeah. And we value it. Yeah. We love it when we get a chance to, to, to get some of the big names on the show. So we're going to continue to work on that, but your support really does matter. It really does help. So we appreciate every bit of it. You can get to the show notes this week by going to golf, slash episode. 420 and we'll see you again next week.